Sabah al-Khair, Sabah al-Yasmin from Bethlehem. Today we're honored by the presence of a great Palestinian, Muhammad Hadid. Sabah al-Khair, Muhammad, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Muhammad, you're you're exceptional in the sense, in many senses, but in the sense where you've you've had a fantastic career and you've always been very proud of your Palestinian identity and always showcased it. Can you tell us just a bit about your family? your origins from Nazareth. First, I'm honored that you have chosen me to be on your podcast. It's really, uh, I'm amazed by you as a person, as a Palestinian, as a chef, a professional. So uh, for you to ask me to come on, uh, it it is really an honor. Uh, My background, uh, I want to say it's uh, generations in the in the making. So uh, my mother originally is from uh, Nazareth, Palestine. Her great-grandfather was Dahir Omar Zaydani, who was the uh, prince of Nazareth. And he was actually the, was called the King of Galilee. My father is from Safad. Sadly, I, the first time I've ever seen Safad was almost was last, last October. So I was born in Nazareth. Then we went to Safad to get into our house. The guests we had there that my father invited in 1946 to stay with us from Poland, a Jewish family. He was a very kind man. I think he would do it again now if it happened. But I hope no one becomes refugees to to happen to either. Anyway, uh, so when I we arrived there, I was less than a month old, and uh, we were shipped to Syria, walking and on a truck and a bus, until we got to refugee camp. I'm very proud to be Palestinian because my father and my mother both are Palestinians, and I will never allow that the last generation was my father, and I am the next, next generation. That means if I don't keep our Palestinian name out there, then who will be the next Palestinian to do so? Thank God I have a son whose name is Anwar that will carry the flag and make sure the old will not die and the young will not forget. Mohammed, thank you for your kind words. You're actually a pretty good chef yourself. But but let me go back to, to the Safad and Nazareth, and, and especially your last trip when you, you came to Bethlehem and went to Safad. I, I remember when you, you got into Bethlehem, it was a very emotional moment for you, for your daughter Alana, who was with you. Uh, and for me, I, I felt how much you you missed Palestine. Um, and how much you're attached to Palestine. Are these values that you, you're transmitting, because I see you're transmitting them fantastically to your children, um, but you're also transmitting them to a lot of Palestinians around the world, the, this link to Palestine. How is it happening? I've always, I've always linked myself to Palestine. The problem in the past, because the way that the Palestinian identity was somehow trademarked as 
a terrorist organization. A lot of people have literally walked away from the name Palestine or Palestinian, and they adapted different, you know, where they refugees to. Uh, at the time, you can be Syrian, Lebanese. Alhamdulillah, we are all the same, but Palestinian is a is a very rare breed of people, very rare breed. And I think that, and I'm trying to teach a lot of the young youngsters right now, Palestinian youngsters, that being Palestinian is a very special place in history that will never ever happen again. That means if we don't keep our name out there, we eventually will disappear. And that's what they're trying to do. As far as Safad is, I have never been to Safad except last time, uh, just to see the family uh, quarters. And I was very emotional. I cried for hours like a baby. Uh, I don't know how, what babies cry that much, but I was crying when I walked the streets of Safad. And I saw the house that I was supposed to move into with my parents and my parents and the grandparents and the great-grandparents all lived there at that time in that area. And I wasn't able even to go into, at least I would say that I went into my home, my father's home. So this is, uh, has damaged me a little bit and I never wanted to go and see Safad until last year. Bethlehem, it was even more obviously because Christ was born there. And when I arrived, I felt like I was walking into jail rather than a city. It was surrounded by walls. And I was shocked, literally I was shocked that the birth of, the place of the birth of Jesus was a qala. It's like a fortified city. You can't get in, you can't get out. It was so horrifying for me. And I will never forget that moment when I walked with you in the streets. I look on the right, everybody's smiling. You to the left, you see this large wall on the left side. It was so demeaning to me, to you, to everyone that is Palestinian, that they have literally tried to strip us from our dignity. And that will never happen. And that's what I'm trying to teach the new generation, have my new generation teach the next generation. Palestinians, Aslan wa Faslan, and we will always be. Your message is so strong. Yes, of course, they will never strip us from our dignity and our identity. I'm going to go to food a bit because that's what got us together and, and it's an ongoing discussion. And not only do you love cooking, but you love sharing food with people. Um, you love promoting Palestinian food. You're doing it in such a beautiful manner. But I want to ask you, what is Muhammad Hadid's secret dish? That one dish that reminds you of your mother, of your family. What's that special dish? I'll start from the back uh, about the, the special dish that that uh, you're speaking about. You know, I would tell you, but actually I have two special dishes, but you have to wait. Listeners, you have to wait until the uh, book is coming out uh, soon. 
craving Palestine. You know, you it it's something that I have these recipes and the, f- the name of the f- these two special meals in that. So you just have to wait and see. Uh, as far as f- Palestinian food, you know, the, I, these are the kind of things you share with with loved ones. But now you see your loved ones are so far away from you, from the epic center of our region. Some of them are in Venezuela, some are in Canada, some somewhere else, and they really, really want to learn and know what's Palestinian food. Plus, Palestinian food, as you're, I'm sure listeners are aware of, it's, an, it's, an, it's a national identity as well. We have things that no one else has uh, in Palestine, especially made the food in Nazareth, the food in Naples, the food in uh, even the, the small regions within Palestine, they have their own special foods. And now others, which I don't want to mention names, they're trying to actually rob us. They are trying to steal our identity, our food in one way or the other, trying to figure out how to strip us away from our own food. So therefore, I fight for it. I want the world and Palestinians and even some of my Arab friends around that even Palestinian food is different than all the others. I mean, I love I love Lebanese food. I love Jordanian food. I love Tunisian food. I love you know Moroccan food is amazing. Even the simplest of foods of Egypt, but Palestinian food is so specially made. They make it as a delicacy rather than a meal. Every single have you well if you see like for example, what I up. Our grape leaves is not like any other grape leaves anywhere in the Arab world or anywhere in the round, around the world. They have a dolma, which is as big as my hand, but our grape leaves is like a small finger. It's completely different. Knafi Nablisi, Knafi Min Nasra, all these things are completely different. I want to make sure the world knows that Palestinian has their food is it has a, a stamp on it. It's ours. It's no one else. We make our hummus our way, and it's our hummus. We make our tabbouleh our way, and that's our tabbouleh, and it goes on and on and on. So that's why I keep on stressing that food is a link and I want to keep that link alive. That's ours. They can't take it away from us. It's It's our DNA. My mother and my father, when we were lived in Tunis, Allah Safir al-Urduni, how close the Urdun to Palestine, and this is I'm talking about in the 60s, when he used to tell my father, "Bidna Im Muhammad, tamna tabha Palestinia." This is this is 30, 50, 60 years ago. 
My God, even then they know the difference, the Jordanians and the Lebanese, we know the difference between each other's foods. We have DNA attached to it. Mohammed, you, you don't want to tell us what your two recipes are. And yes, wait until Craving Palestine is out. It's a fantastic book. It has recipes by Mohammed. It has recipes by a lot of people, um, Palestinians from all over the world. What Mohammed describes so well as today being far from the epicenter and some still being in the epicenter. And we all have recipes in there. It's a donation to good causes. None of us was with making any profit of it. And it's a great, great book. Mohammed, you're doing this live show about recipes which you're teaching to your children, actually. And all of the, the listeners and viewers are coming in and they're, they're interacting with you. I, I had the pleasure to, to sit through two of them. I mean, the pleasure. And, and I also got very afraid. Um, Sometimes you 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 do things which people may not be able to do at home because you're you're an adventurous cook. But I love that passion you have for for our food, for Palestinian food, and you're saying they can't take it away from us. The thing is, they've started taking it away from us, and we need to be able to preserve it. And I'll. I'll, I'll ask you about one plant if if you use it or if you've used it the family has used it it's akub um that thistle that that is very seasonal it tastes a bit like asparagus and artichoke it's very much something that's very symbolic to palestinians but there's a few there's akub there's sabr the prickly pears um za'atar the wild za'atar the olive oil the good olive oil are these things that, that you you miss being away from Palestine? Or are they things you, you recreated for you wherever you lived during your, your, your life? You know, Fadi, I never lived in Palestine. So uh, the only time I've been there are the three, four times I, I got there and I stayed there for a few days and left. So, uh, but uh, my mom... My grandmother they spoke of all these foods. The funny thing is we found them. They, my mother found all these uh, unusual dishes, uh, unusual uh, things, uh, even Zatar Palestini, Nasra. My wife keeps Japanese. She found them. You know, she found them. You know, her family still live there. Uh, the funny enough, you're talking about this. Someone yesterday, my cousin, her name is uh, Abir Daher. Uh, she has an amazing, by the way, clinic in Ben Nasra. She's really amazing. She is sending me all the things you just talked about. She's sending me. They've been sending it to me since I was a little boy, when I was 10 years old. Uh, of course, things did not move as quickly as now, but now you, you know, they can ship stuff. We are, I am getting Zatar, Min Palestine, Min Nasra. I'm getting Hilwiyat on Nasra. Of course, the 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 artichokes, <laughs> they they well, they were on the side of the street. I assume, like 
they are in the Mediterranean. I've I've had these, but you know I didn't have them from Palestine, but I've had them from other parts of the Arab world, and you know they, these are not the real. I mean the big artichokes that the Americans know about, or uh, even my kids have seen, because these are like little artichokes that they 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 live wildly in the in the. Uh, uh, on the side of the hill somewhere. So, do I miss them? You know, I really, I, I can't even tell you that if I miss them or not because I have not experienced them. Uh, but the the uh, prickly pears that we had, you know, we had in Syria, we had them, and even here in Los Angeles, I find them because they're very popular for the um, uh, Mexican. Uh, population, they have them everywhere and from every kind. A teen, I love the teen. I love the, I love the balah. I love anything to do with Palestine. That Sefarjal, you know, people they, they say to me, how do you know Sefarjal? How do I know Sefarjal? My mother was making Sefarjal. My grandmother makes some Sefarjal uh, and put it in in you know, cans and so on. And they will put them under the uh, under the bed to keep them nice and cool. Yeah, all these things we had, this is funny because our parents, my mother, my grandmother, they made sure that we did not forget a thing, not one single thing. Everything you talked about, you spoke of, I have seen it some way or another. Muhammad, you're... You're an example, and your family are an example to all Palestinians that political circumstances put in the diaspora. You preserved, you, you when, when you say you, all these things, you, you found here and there, and, and your mother and grandmother made sure you have them. I really think this, this is a, a heartwarming feeling for all Palestinians, that there are people like you preserving our identity promoting our identity and saying we will never, ever, ever allow anybody to steal that identity from us. Habibi Fadi, ya shaf, anta b'tallim, wallah azim, ustaz, I will leave it with you that if any of your listeners want to ask me any specific question, uh, they should relate it to you and ask me in the future. I'll be more than happy to come back with an answer. Uh, as you know, uh, our families always been where the grandma would sit, great-grandma would sit around the kitchen. And that's where life was, around the kitchen. She taught my, my sisters, myself, how to roll grape leaves and cook kibbe. How do you keep Tashir Kusa? Yeah, it, 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 this is, these are stories to be told. And at this time, we are using our platform to teach our kids. When my kids call me and say, do you remember Teta used to make that dish? Or do you know when so-and-so made that dish? Can you teach me that? This is my... What I did this morning, actually, it was a request from my son, Anwar. He is in London, quarantined in London. And he, 
he literally asked me, how do you make this? I want to make it myself here in London. I'll go get the ingredients and I'll get it done. And that's how the, how the whole thing started about Ma'lube. It's crazy, but that's how it was. And that's why I decided to do it today. And I thought it's better this way, do it at a time and then he can watch it uh, with his friend, Gigi can, Bella can, Alana can. So this way they all can watch it and learn and do it and teach their kids in the future. Thank you, Muhammad, for being with us, for, for taking the time. I wish you safety and health in, in these difficult moments uh, to you and all your family and your loved ones. And hopefully we're going to have you again on another show. Thank you very much, Muhammad. Allah khalikum. Ramadan Kareem. Happy Easter to you there in uh, Bethlehem. I love you all from the bottom of my heart.